You're listening to Authentically Me, a podcast dedicated to activating the magic that is within us all through the power of authenticity, sharing, and transmuting with love. Here, you will find real-life experiences shared through the lens of everything is always serving. We are led through this journey by your host, Serena Rose. Serena is a ceremonialist who believes our life is just one big ceremony for our soul. Connect to your soul and enjoy the ceremony. Hello, Authentically Me Beauties. Thank you so much for being here, for tuning into my podcast, wherever you are watching, listening, receiving it from. This podcast is available on seven platforms. I also have a YouTube channel and a website, www.authenticallymeradio.com, where you can learn about the latest updates of the show and learn how to get more involved. If you love this podcast, which I imagine you do because you are here right now listening to it, then I invite you to share it with your friends. Do a quick Instagram story or send a link directly to someone who could benefit from the content of whatever show it is that has touched you. And my intention here is to show up authentically, vulnerably, and to bring onto my show other humans who also show up authentically and vulnerably in their lives so that we can share our message and our words with you and hopefully touch your heart in a deep way. So thank you so much for being here and for allowing yourself to receive. And today I am here to share with you a beautiful, authentic, vulnerable superstar who I have had the pleasure of knowing for, I think, two years now, three years, I'm not sure, yeah. um, but long enough to, to know her. And we have worked together. If you've been to any in-person events of mine, you may or may not have met her. Please welcome Sarah Magida, also known as Chacha Magida of Firefly Life Coaching. Sarah, it is an honor to have you here, sister. Will you please introduce yourself to the listeners and just let them know who you are? Okay, so hi, everybody. Uh, Sarah Magida here, also known as Chacha Magida on the social media. Um, I am a life coach mostly for visual artists and a visual artist myself. If you're watching this, you can see behind me, I have um, some work up. And um, yes, I, I love the term creatrix to describe me. Uh, I think that covers all the basis of, of, of bases of making things like I am a big maker of things I am a big maker of community I'm a big maker of having events like we did together uh, collaborations and making art um, so the act of creating things and also the act of bringing the passion of creating things back into your life if that's something that you're struggling right now with especially during corona times um, where it's harder to connect and it's harder to 
um, get in touch with other humans, but I'm seeing past that and I'm seeing what we all can do together. And I think that's my introduction. Awesome. That was beautiful. And I also love the term creatrix. Um, Before this podcast recording, I was getting my nails done. (laughs) I know they're so bold. And (laughs) I was talking with my technician about relationships with women and how Mm -hmm. so many things are not spoken Mm -hmm. that include perhaps jealousy we mm. as women can see another woman's power yes. and influence and abilities because we have the power to create life, which is one of the biggest magical thing. Like we can bring another human into the world that is magical mm-hmm. as fuck. And so historically women are more spiritual and intuitive than the masculine forces are and so we can see beyond the veil of the things that are there although we can also be influenced by the veil of things that are there like someone's bold ass nails or (laughs) makeup or what have you Um, but we are all creatrixes in my opinion and the more that as a woman we embrace that part of ourselves and the more that is unlocked. Do you have anything to to speak upon what I just shared? Oh my goodness. So I do, you know how coaching, in coaching or in life, people describe your masculine, your feminine side. I have been battling with these terms because they're so um, limited to gender. Mm. And, uh, but at the same time, I, I see this huge reemergence of the feminine, be it in um, selling things to people um, and like an invitation in, do you want to be on my train? Do you want to, um, you know, people say, do you want to work with me and things like that? But a reemergence of the feminine in like this invitation in for many, many people and a reemergence of the feminine, even in politics, dare I say, and a reemergence of just women embracing their womanhood, like body positivity and um, whether you want to have kids or you don't want to have kids, like that's fine and people really being accepting of each other and patting each other on the back and being like, good job, sister, you did it, you got there. Mm-hmm. And that's so refreshing to see, you know, and I feel like it's been prevalent in our culture, but it's also been sort of repressed. And it's also been looked at as not as being powerful as like, in your face, the, which is the masculine energy speaking. Um, yeah, yeah. So I yeah. think just to piggyback off of that, that is so beautiful. I think that there is a reemergence of the feminine in masculine human form as well. So meaning mm-hmm. that men are allowing a reemergence of their feminine energy yes. and feminine energy is more emotional, more go with the flow, more 
open, whereas masculine energy is more direct and focused and get the job done and hard edges don't feel things, et cetera. Not to say that men don't feel things, but just speaking to the energetics of it. And to me, I view the masculine and the feminine energy as umbrellas. And within that umbrella is so many layers and so many dimensions and so many realities, just like with painting, for example. So someone might look at the art behind you and say, there's blue. And that could be limiting because there's many shades of blue. Oh, yes. So there's many shades of masculine and and feminine. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, that's very wise that there there is a reemergence. And I agree that I've seen that. I believe that the virus and the quarantine has, in a way, it's been such a, a masculine energy because we have been forced to stay inside. There's been so many restrictions and actions taken. And so with that, you know, it makes sense that the pendulum has swung the other direction. Mm -hmm. We have been inside with our bodies, with our feelings, and in a way have been forced to recognize, okay, what is emerging from within and how, how do I honor that? Yeah, yeah, very, very, very true. We've all been spending so much more time just with ourselves in so many ways, so many different ways. Um, I do consider myself lucky to live with three other people, one of them being my husband. So I have, you know, I have some socializing that happens in my day to day, but it's still, it's limited and it has, you know, it has, um, gotten me into a place where I'm very comfortable being by myself mm-hmm. and I've you know had the time to look into what makes me uncomfortable to be by myself and you know in healing some of that anxiety or that antsiness to get around people um I've really been having a great time just making things Mm -hmm. And, you know, not just making art, but having the time to read and having the time to really look at the friendships that I do have and, you know, start to evaluate those and like who's connecting with me, who's doing this and who, you know, and supporting each other from a distance. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's been interesting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I know. Yeah, it's been wonderful, too. Yeah, I know that we're both life coaches and spiritual people. And um, from knowing you personally, I know that and anybody has their challenges with friendships, with relationships. Um, I personally have struggled a lot in both my family relationships and friendships and before and a few years ago with dating as well. And something that really helped me was honing in on boundaries and my worth and being able to communicate in a way that it was received well. And so something I focus on with my clients is conscious communication and what that looks like 
I know that we both really fuck with nonviolent communication. um, And it's something that you mentioned in your pre-interview questions. And so can you speak to why you love nonviolent communication and perhaps give the audience an example of how it has benefited you directly as you've navigated the friendships and relationships and or in the times that we're living in? Sure, sure. So I was first introduced to nonviolent communication in couples therapy, actually. Uh, Myself and my partner, even before we were married, um, had been dating for a bit, maybe like three years or so. And we were like, okay, we love this. We want it to last. We want some tools that are going to help us build this and build a strong foundation. So we started couples therapy. And in couples therapy, therapists tried and tried to teach us nonviolent communication, and we were not practicing it. (laughs) And so it wasn't until maybe about four years or so later, I really started to look into it some more. And like he had given this therapist that we went to see had given us this tool that we were ignoring. And, you know, now it felt like time to really revisit this tool and really start to investigate it more. And what I found for big time for myself, and it all starts with yourself, the learning and um, the feeling is it gets you in touch with how you're feeling and it removes the blame and it removes the, you're making me feel this way. You're, it's all like all these external things that you kind of think make up your life and are influencing you. It sort of gives you your power back. So nonviolent communication um, was developed by Marshall Rosenberg. Uh, I am not sure when, 70s, 80s, I'm not sure when. And um, he has a whole list of feelings when your needs are met and feelings when your needs aren't met. So these are feelings that he's identified or emotions that um, he feels, and you don't have to agree with him. The book is like, you don't have to agree with me here, but here's a suggested list. And um, it's what he feels are emotions that are devoid of blame. And there are certain ways to speak about these emotions called offner statements or observation, feeling, need, request that he suggests you go by in exercising nonviolent communication. So an observation might be like, I've noticed you're not doing the dishes until the next day. So feeling, I feel, oh, I wanna look up my list. I don't have this list number. <laughs> I feel, unseen. So I feel unseen. And I need, you can either say I need to feel or I need this, you know, I what what you need in that moment. I need to feel seen. I need to feel heard. Um, I need to feel complete. So I ask you to do the dishes when they're first put in the sink. And then you like to close it, you know, and to make sure they heard you, you're going to say something like, 
how is that for you? Or can you meet this request? And then as the method goes on, you that partner that you're making the request of or that workmate or that colleague or that friend will kind of repeat the statement back to you if they're in on nonviolent communication. They'll repeat that statement back to you. So I hear when I'm not doing the dishes until the day after they're messy, you need or you feel unseen, unheard, not complete. So I will then do the dishes that are in the sink. It can be as simple as that. Yeah, but really communicating based on your feelings. And when you're in touch with your feelings, like notice I'm like warming up my heart. For me, it creates more of a channel to healing. Um, and that can go into like trauma or it can go into like um, just not acknowledging yourself and not honoring yourself and not thinking about things like self-care and like caring for yourself and you know, realizing how you feel in the moment really brings you back to your body and what you need for yourself, what you need for your mind, what you need for your spirit. Uh, I just think it's a very important tool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, part of why I focus on communication with my clients is because our voice is one of the most powerful tools that we have as a human and it's a frequency, it's a sound that emotes from our body and connects us with other humans. It connects us with ourselves. Our body hears us saying it. Yeah. Our soul hears it and feels it. Those around us feel it and hear it. And the universe feels it and hears it and responds to whatever is being said. I know for me, I learned from trauma in the past to not speak up for myself and to not speak my desires because then I could be rejected or scolded or whatever it may be. So to have the tools and the opportunity to say this is what I desire is one of the highest forms of self-love and to have a structure that delivers it it's a vehicle right it delivers mm -hmm. it to another person in a way that it's not attacking or violent in any way shape or form so it has a better chance of being received well yes yes it does what is an example? Like oh go ahead I was just going to say, like, what is an example where that has shown up in your life? How has it helped you personally, if you wanted to share? Oh, sure. Well, for me, so much of it is just about connecting back to me. And I don't mean that in like, a, um, I almost feel like it's almost selfish. I don't want to say that, though, because it's all about loving you. And that is a selfless act. And um, just for me, it helped like voicing my feelings and being in touch with my feelings and really taking a second even to close my eyes and just focus on like, what is this feeling in my body? And then taking it a step further and being like, well, where do I feel it? You know, and what is that telling me? Like asking it a question. Mm. Um, 
and what does like and asking it what is it telling me what does it need in that moment you know that really helped me to kind of open up more to my own gifts like as a healer mm. and I'm still you know I'm still working on this process I'm still understanding what these things are I've mm. gotten into Reiki and that's because I feel more like open to energy mm -hmm. and just kind of like what you mentioned are sort of um like advanced level like when you speak it it goes into the universe and like the universe picks up on what you're feeling for me it's so just i want to be in my body right now mm -hmm. i want to listen to how i'm feeling mm -hmm. and i want to i want these needs to be addressed yeah um because well, i'm much more introverted yeah, both realities exist. And that's the dichotomy of this life, right? It's what we're saying, the universe hears, whether or not we're in tune to the fact that the universe hears it. But how can we clearly identify what we desire without going inward, right? So, you know, it's just the full spectrum of a multidimensional reality, ultimately, yeah. What I hear from you, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you utilize nonviolent communication as a way to peel back layers. And so there's this surface level thing like dishes in the sink. And you're like, oh man, these dishes in the sink are fucking me up right now. Why are they fucking me up? And then you take oh, it. Why? Why? You breathe you peel back a layer it's like okay yeah. what do I feel what do I yeah. need and then utilize this tool to kind of course correct or to to shift whatever it is that you may or may not be experiencing is that correct oh god yes and I'm one of those <laughs> like even when it comes like you know we're going down to the level of of, of kitchen duty and cleaning you know, when I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking, it is my kitchen. Mm, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it is mine. It belongs to me. Don't you come in here and turn on a light or something. That's not for you right now. So, you know, what is under that tension that you're feeling? Mm. Why is it all of a sudden your kitchen? Mm. And what is, what is that? It can be that, that level. And then, you know, as you start to uncover those levels, those feeling levels, getting deeper into yourself, you know, and you sort of realize, oh, there's a really big opening here. And, you know, when I speak these feelings into existence or into my reality, then I'm starting con to connect with other things. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to, you know, realize there's a whole, uh, you know, universe out there that is mm -hmm. listening to me too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what, what's this energy that I want to put out and it's all it all becomes like a series of choices mm -hmm. how you want to feel in this moment is a series you know it's a choice actually For sure yeah that's so beautiful Ooh, yeah I loved that <laughs> I loved that little conversation that was so great um so you've touched on um you know, Reiki and, you know, next level tuning into the, the spiritual force. 
And so, you know, I have had the pleasure of working with you and I know how powerful and intuitive and, and spiritual you are as much as you are grounded and anchored into this physical realm that we're anchored into. And so my question to you is how do you entertain, um, for a lack of a better word, spirituality surrounding mm -hmm. those who may not be as comfortable with it or may not understand it? How do you entertain or navigate spirituality with, with those people in your life? I know so many different people that, you know, spirituality resonates with them in much different ways, like a whole gamut of, of individuals. Um, backstory, like my husband's family, um, they're fundamentalist Christians. So for them, uh, a lot of ways of living uh, that you should be doing or you shouldn't be doing or even tying in with like a political atmosphere is very, 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 very important to them. And it's only one way. And that is following their path. So I look at it like, this is their path. I wanna ask questions usually. I have a lot of curiosity about these different paths and what people choose to believe in and what they choose not to believe in and how it influences their lives and even if they're open to the idea of discussing anything spiritual because um you know i have those friends too that are just atheists and they're like nope 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 none of that and you know i just want to know because atheism you believe in atheism it's you know it's still a belief you just choose to not believe in other stuff you know you're just very grounded people in the ground on the earth nothing else and so you know I always just I want to know where these ideas come from so when it comes to the histories behind like a more spiritual living or a more um conventional religious judeo-christian background or Muslim beliefs, you know, I just, I find it all fascinating. I really love Quakers, actually. Um, they, they, uh, I had some Quaker friends growing up. Me too. I think it's yeah. very, very interesting. Please continue. <laughs> yeah. So, and what Quakers, how they practice is they sit in silence and they all sit in silence together and there's no figurehead in there. They call it meeting for worship. They're sort of under the umbrella of Christianity, very loosely. And they acknowledge the light that exists in everyone. And, you know, they ask people if they're, you can stand up and speak. Anybody can stand up and speak. And they ask you to, you know, usually it's some sort of request to hold someone in the light if they're sick or if they're going through hard times. Um, I really love the way they practice sort of simplicity in their practice. Funerals are the same, weddings are the same, meetings for worship are all the same ceremony. So it, it really just makes it all easy. <laughs> and it's like, this is, you know, this can be it. This can be a very simplified kind of austere form of spiritual connection. That isn't to say that I don't like ceremonies. 
I love a good, you know, kind of very involved like Wiccan ceremony. Um, I've been to those too, you know. So I just find the way that people practice their connection to something greater to be very fascinating. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> yeah. So for clarity purposes, how yeah. you navigate the spirit that you hold for yourself mm -hmm. and that you may or may not see in others is basically through understanding or asking questions about other people's belief yeah. systems. So it's not even to me, I'm just like, wow, how humbling because you, you literally are approaching it with zero ego. Like I am not better than you because I'm a Reiki master. I am not, you know, like, whoa, how humbling of an answer for you to give. And I wish that more people in this world just asked more questions. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and it's there's... okay. You know, it's okay to be intrigued by something else. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of sort of um, barricading beliefs where you just like, no, that's, that's evil. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. Yeah. But I can understand but, too yeah. the fear in asking questions because spirituality and even you said you're you get activated in the kitchen, girl. It's my kitchen. You know, people get very activated when it comes to their food. You know, I am vegan and even me being vegan at times people are like oh skittish and they don't want to ask questions or talk to me about it because they think I'm gonna like throw blood on them or some shit you know yeah. and so I understand the fear uh -huh. in not wanting to ask questions but also how will we ever evolve as a culture as a society as humans, if we do not do our best to understand each other and to learn from each other, ultimately, in my opinion, it's why we're here. And so utilizing vehicles like nonviolent communication is a great way to cross that bridge um, to take down any barriers that may or may not exist between us culturally. Um, do you agree or do you have anything else to add to that? Oh my God, I so do. Oh, so agree. So agree. <laughs> I was about to say degree. <laughs> oh, I so agree. Yeah, it can create like a nonviolent communication really creates a lot of unity with people. Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's so recommended for couples. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So what led you to be a coach? Oh, geez. <laughs> um, it's been a long journey. Uh, I, I really started to gravitate towards coaching when I was around 1920, 21, around that time. Whoa, I didn't know that. Holy bananas. Holy bananas. <laughs> I'm 41 now. So that was a while ago. So this is like going over some years here. And I also didn't feel like anybody wanted to be coached by a 19 year old. Which now I look back on it and I'm like, I have my shit together. 
honestly, I still feel that sometimes. Like sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, older uh, people who are transitioning in life and could benefit from a coach. I've even had people say to me things like, well, you don't have enough life experience. I'm like, actually, I have a lot of life experience for being uh, 33 years old. I do. I really do. Um, But I still feel like that sometimes. I know I look very young, but I, I sometimes still have that inkling of, whatever that energy is. Um, uh-huh. Not that I invite it in to my realm, but I, I relate to that still, even being in my 30s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think so much of coaching is the art of having a conversation, you know, and really getting in deep and being willing to explore hard parts. And that's where I was at when I was younger. And at the time I was, you know, I was kind of having this like big spiritual awakening thing. And um, I was also like, this sucks. I just want to drink and party. Why am I having a spiritual awakening in college where I want to drink and have fun and not pay attention to this stuff at the same time? But at the same time, it was becoming very much just a part of me in a way that I couldn't like deny basically and at the same time I was struggling with a lot of depression and um becoming bipolar too which I didn't really know or understand until until it was inevitable and I had to go to therapy and things like that and then I decided you know what all this sort of spiritual stuff all these things that I was exploring basically on my own. And and again, asking a lot of questions from people that came into my life that were of that elk, ilk, ilk. Um, So I sort of just put a blanket on it and was like, you know, now is not the time to explore this. I've got to heal my mind. I've got to heal my body. I've got to listen to my therapist. I've got to, you know, be strict about it and stay on track. So it became no drinking, became no no drugs, no smoking pot, no getting wild. Um, well, maybe getting wild, but not, no substance. So I was sort of the odd one out for many years because I wasn't engaging in everything. And I'm a big part of arts community in Baltimore. I love love to go see shows, love to go to art galleries, love to be a part of things. But I was also like abstaining from a lot of things. So I was in sort of this odd place. And then I got into coaching more. I was just, I was also in a place where I knew, so first I started getting coaching. So I'd had years of therapy. And then I was just like, you know, therapy isn't effective for me anymore. And this is like 15 years of therapy that I was saying that. So I had really been through therapy for a while. It just didn't feel like it was pushing me enough. And I knew I needed a push and I knew I needed a confidence boost to really feel comfortable making my own art and stepping into what I wanted to do with my life and becoming, you know, a spirit person again and um connecting with that side again and really um like unearthing it 
because again, I said, I put a blank, I put a blanket and more blankets over it. So I really wanted to have that connection to both myself and the earth again. And so I went, you know, I went through a coaching program and I got it, which is great. And so now, you know, now I'm, now I'm doing what I want. Now I'm living my life. Now I'm connecting with artists. Now I'm bringing them up too. Because I really just want to see people thriving and being comfortable with who they are and getting that, that, like I said way earlier, like that passion for life back, however that looks. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Something that came up for me while listening to you is this stigma surrounding life coaching, surrounding being woo-woo and, you know, surrounding spirituality and embracing the deeper parts of self. There's, there's these stigmas around all of that. And I, I go back to a time when, you know, tribal people considered the doctors to be humans that suffered from schizophrenia Mm -hmm. (laughs) or had other challenges that allowed them to break through outside of the physical realm and to see and, and hear and experience things that others were not able to experience. And yeah. our world has taken such a dramatic shift that now even people that are kind of into it and might have one blanket or two blankets or 10 blankets over whatever it is, however many blankets, even those people as the blankets come off will still say things like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like this synchronous, that's insane. And, you know, there to me, I'm like, oh, a little piece of me is like, oh, it's not insane. It's divine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just spirit. Spirit's moving through, through yeah. the life experience. Yeah. And so to me, there's this deeper level of embracing the experience of it as much as, we embrace ourselves mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's a very important thing. I think for me at the time when all, all of that was happening, one, I was young and I didn't mm-hmm. know. I had never been introduced to like a spiritual awakening in anybody. Um, two, I feel like those people that are having, you know, mental what we describe as mental health disorders or things like that um if you're gonna manage it on your own and go like the spiritual awakening route you need a guide Mm -hmm. i know in all those cultures that you you mentioned you know in like the healer realm like this is a person that needs a guide they need the person that came before them that went through it that understands what they're going through and understands that they're not the big c word crazy and you need you really need that person with you that anchor person definitely and coaches need coaches and coaches need coaches yeah 
Yeah, it's true. It's true. And um, oh my God, do coaches need coaches? <laughs> but um, you know, just to like gain a deeper understanding of what's going on with you and what these gifts are and understanding them as a gift. Like I totally consider bipolar disorder to be my gift because it gives me so much more empathy, so much more compassion, so much more understanding of just being a human and what people need. You need, you need support. You need to get through um, traumas to be on the other side mm -hmm. of of life so you can just be like okay that happened in the past it's been mm -hmm. there and I'm gonna move on and have this beautiful experience with my life mm -hmm. yeah I think just to be clear I don't invite in anyone to experience trauma if they do not need to you know we don't necessarily need traumas <laughs> to be wherever we are but oh god no no, <laughs> but no. They, they are a part of some of our karmic journeys and soul mm -hmm. paths and mm -hmm. ancestral wounds etc um so to relate to you I have herpes and I got to over a period of time, it took a number of years, but I got to shift my perspective of that. And it was something that, again, I needed to deeper understand the human experience, the human yeah. body. It really like brought me into my body during a time that I wasn't super present with myself. And yeah. I now reflect and see how many blessings were in that experience. Mm -hmm. And um, I got to view it as a gift. And that may sound crazy to some people, um, but I'll explain that. And it was hard. It was hard. Mm -hmm. It was challenging to make that conscious choice and to shift my mindset. But with time, anything is possible. Yeah. And I shifted from feeling very depressed, very low self-esteem, very victim to this is a gift and this is a part of me and whoever is to be my divine partner in this life will accept this as part of me and will accept me. And so there's many layers to my herpes journey. It definitely touches on rejection and fears and self-love and a bunch of other things. Um, I forget who said this to me, but some guide or coach or healer at some point during the years of transition of self-acceptance of this um, STI, I heard view it as a key, view mm -hmm. it as a key to finding your divine partner because Whoever is going to be with you has to accept that. They have to. It's a part of you. And if they don't, then you know that that's not the right person for you and you can move on. And what a gift. You know, holy shit, you're not wasting five years with them to find out they're not the one for you. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it took time and practice, but I was able to shift into this is such a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think. And you do, you're a perfect example of this, like vulnerable leadership. 
you're mm -hmm. showing that you know not everything is perfect and glossy and you know amazing sometimes you have to you get thrown a curveball mm -hmm. and you know getting through that is looking at it as you know your your gift yeah you know and and not everyone has to get thrown a curveball to recognize that. <laughs> well, funny enough, uh, we were all thrown a curveball. <laughs> uh, the Corona experience. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a worldwide curveball even. So mm -hmm. it has affected mm -hmm. billions of people. And on your pre-question yeah. uh, interview, I saw this question you said how to break out of the corona funk how do you break out of the corona funk and at first I was a little off put by that question and I'm just like oh I'm so sick of corona this and covid this and blah 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 and also people were in a funk before fucking corona <laughs> and we can't just blame corona for everything that's going on with ourselves in this no, 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 no. So, like that's the things that were coming up for me when I saw this question yeah. And at the same time, there's studies and things going on and, you know, it is a really big curveball and it's having massive impacts on large numbers of people in a variety of ways. And so maybe there are people like me that are like, you know, I don't know, just not phased. Yeah. Okay. Just I'm actually... I'm in sort of a similar boat as you. I'm kind of like, I love this pace. I love like, cause I am in control of my boundaries right now. Mm -hmm. I am like creating and I am making things and I am connecting with people on Zoom and things like that. And, you know, it's getting deeper for me and I'm kind of loving it when it comes to the pace, but I know that sometimes I am like fucking Corona. Mm -hmm. I'm sick of you. Mm -hmm. Why, you know, and, and there's even like this term Corona fatigue mm -hmm. and it's sort of like just being sick of Corona. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know it has other meanings too, more psychological, but like what I'm hearing from you is, you know, don't use it as an excuse one to like, now I have to look at myself because you always have to look at yourself. Come on guys. Mm -hmm. And also sick of hearing about it. Sick of, you know, you know, sometimes I am, I'm like, I have to put on this mask again. And then sometimes I'm like, I love my mask. It's so fashionable, <laughs> you know, or like it keeps my face warm while I go on walks. Who knew? Who knew this mask would be so beneficial just for um, keeping my face warm when I go on cold winter mm -hmm. walks? So there's so many ways to look at this virus. And, you know, looking at it with safety is so important. And looking at it with, you know, this is my time to be my own individual self. And I've seen so many artists get weird with Corona. Like get, like, um, there's this amazing person who's local to Baltimore, Landis Expandis, I will drop his name, 
who does amazing, wonderful, wonderful, um, sort of Bob Ross style, but funky, um, how to paint videos. Mm -hmm. And he does these amazing and wonderful um, videos of, he's doing songs, mainly they're about Corona and like running out of things at the grocery store. And they're funky and they're fun and he's amazing. And, you know, people find ways to connect with other people. And that's, we're always going to do that. What's great also about Corona is, you know, you get that time for yourself. You get, you know, and I know as coaches, we sort of thrive with time for ourselves and time to just like be with, be with us or be with your honey. And so, yeah, Corona's, so there's some funk with Corona. Mm -hmm. It affects people in all different ways. And, you know, a lot of that depends on your own mental well-being, too. And how are you going to choose to cope with this situation? Choose. I said choose again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've developed some of my own, like, self-care, more in-depth self-care <laughs> habits because of it. And, you know, I plan my days. I live by that. And I still get, you know, sad sometimes and I miss people. And, you know, you've got to look at it and be like, okay, all this is okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to get through it and we're going to get through it globally as a whole huge global society. Mm -hmm. And Corona's no joke. It's mm -hmm. a serious, serious illness. So we've got to all be safe and we've got to all like, you know, in in this sort of subtle community way, take care of each other without touching. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, just for the sake of accurately representing myself, I do not think that Corona is a joke, um, no, I, but, I, but I also don't necessarily subscribe to it being a serious, serious illness either. Mm -hmm. um, just because this is my podcast, I feel like I should accurately represent yeah. myself. Um, I know that it can be serious for certain people who um, may not have immune systems or, you know, have certain things that allow them to be more heavily impacted by the virus. Um, but at the same time, you know, who the fuck am I? And also, you know, like, who the fuck are you? Like, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. You know, we're just two people that are doing our best to accurately represent ourselves and, you know, love each other and love and encourage other people to love themselves and to love the people that they're surrounding themselves with too. So mm -hmm. I don't have the answers. You don't have the answers. I don't think there's one person in the world that is like, I have all the answers about Corona, you know, mm -hmm. um, but understanding it one day at a time. <laughs> yeah so it's just a matter of doing the best that we can do and mm -hmm. I believe you to do that and to honor yourself and and I do the same thing as well um and can I ask you a vulnerable question Please do. so you said that with the quarantine and this experience that you've had because of it you've implemented these deep self-care practices 
and let's say for tomorrow, everything lifts. We don't have to wear masks anymore and everything goes back to normal, quote unquote. Do you think, honestly, that you would continue on with these self-care practices? Oh my God, yes. I want to maintain Corona life as long as I can. Mm. I actually do. I want I want to spend more time with myself. I want to have that and not feel guilty, I guess, about not attending, you know, performances by friends, honestly. Mm. Um, I love my peeps. I love supporting them. I just, I, uh, again, I'm a little more introverted and crowds are intense for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want that feeling of like, it's okay to continue. That's great. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I've been feeling pretty good throughout this mm. Been taking care of my garden, you know, I've been doing a lot of things around the house, been have the time, have the energy, have the creative flow to make things that I want to be making. Uh, finally bought some pounds of clay and I've been wanting to get into clay since like beginning of Corona, but I was like, no, everything will open next week and I can just take a class. Everything will open <laughs> next week. Just take a class. And then I was like, no, just buy the clay, damn it. Mm. Make, make your own things and worry about the outcome later. That's amazing. So yeah, I totally would continue the way I'm living right now post-corona absolutely absolutely Um, for someone who might struggle to be so definitive in that choice I guess could you speak on what has led you to be so definitive in that and what advice would you give someone who wants to continue to pour into themselves you know I imagine whoever is listening to this and relates to you relates to you and wants to hear more about that Oh, yeah. Um, well, go for it. <laughs> um, I, I know people that are definitely more gregarious than I am or extroverted than I am are sort of having a hard time right now. Um, I, I am not blind to that, but I am really appreciating my own time now and the people that I connect to that are having a good time with it. Um, again, that's not to dismiss anything. Sometimes I feel sort of weird when I say that, but um, to continue with this, I, I plan out a schedule. I don't do really strict time blocking, um, but I loosely time block. So like, this chunk of time is spent working on art. It, it isn't divided into like 15 minute increments or something like that. It's just like this chunk of time, this chunk of time is spent doing coaching or updating my website or, you know, whatever comes up. And I like to, um, I like to separate the coach world from the art world. So I'm not making art while I'm coaching, but Uh, I like to also, this is a new one, take a shower in between those two worlds to just kind of wipe it off and be like, okay, I did all this stuff 
I, I sat at my computer and hammered out a blog post or whatever I was up to. And, um, you know, especially after talking to a client, you know, you want to be like, okay, energy released, energetically done, wiping this off. Epsom salts are great if you want to take a bath in the middle of the day too. That helps just get that energy that's sticking to you off. I love that. I do that with the rest of my day. Yeah, I do that too. Also saging Mm -hmm. myself and maybe you don't have time to take a whole shower, but um, I will sometimes wash my hands. Yes. Intentionally. I wash my face. That makes me feel so much more refreshed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like even when um, I remember as a kid, if I started to cry, my mom would, you know, calm me down by letting me wash my face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's a relationship with that. But like, you know, it really just like centers me mm. watching my face and watching your hands. Yeah. Well, we're 70% water. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, water is very, very healing. It's one of the most healing elements in oh. native cultures. They heal diseases through speaking to the water, asking the water to heal. So um, there is some ritualistic and spiritual practices. And I, I view this as, um, as that, as a ritualistic practice. And it's, it's moving energy, it's cleansing energy, it's making space for something new. So I think that's a really mm-hmm. beautiful thing and what a time to be washing hands and washing the body, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm a total mermaid too. Mm, yes. Yeah. I love that. Um, so we are a little short on time right now. I actually wasn't able to get through all the questions that I had for you because we have just been in such a beautiful flow mm-hmm. together. I've really enjoyed everything that we've discussed And I know that you have touched on how you work with artists and encourage um, them to tap into their artistry and to create. And so um, is there anything that you wanted to to share to to call forward into your world with your words uh, before we wrap up? Um, hmm. Uh, I guess I could just do a brief... (laughs) plug and say yes, that I'm, um, I have a mastermind program open. It, it's open for March and it's open for May right now. And I collect 10 <laughs> artists that really want to be there. And we start off with a lot of like inner healing journey and nonviolent communication tools and whatever's really coming up for them in life that's preventing them from getting their vision. So, and working on their vision too. Like what, what is it that you do want? And um, so that, you know, the first like six weeks is all inner work and what's coming up. And it's one-on-one coaching and it's group coaching, educational modules as well. And then the last six weeks are more business focused because as a coach of mine used to say, life problems are business problems. So you want to heal some of those life problems before moving, you know, ahead with 
business things. Um, Ooh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, healing, healing the things that come up, like your resistance and all that stuff, uh, the good stuff, as I refer to it, is uh, really important before you can really dive into art as a career, I think. And healing doesn't prevent you from making art. That's a big thing in the art community. I want to live in my trauma because trauma makes me make better art. Um, it's almost like saying, I don't want to clean my room because <laughs> messy rooms bring on creativity, which I've also heard before. But, you know, your room, your body, yourself, it, it could use a good cleaning and it helps with moving forward. It really helps with moving forward and being a conscious creator of your reality. Oof, that. That is so fire. I have literally heard, I can't tell you how many musicians specifically say that they desire to stay in the trauma or like worst case scenario, I'll get a good song out of it. Or, uh, you know, that could be a positive mindset. I'm, you know, whatever works for whatever human, I understand. I don't want to uh, poo-poo on anybody. Um, but it is also a big thing in the artist world. You know, I can see that with hearing you say that. And mm -hmm. um, I love that you spoke on that. And so if people relate to this and they want to get in touch with you to be a part of your program, I do have some links that will be in the show notes. So please take a look there, click, follow, connect with Sarah or Chacha. And yeah, radically shift your life and connect to your, your inner purpose. I can say that she is a powerful force and I'm so thankful to have you on here today. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being here. I could talk to you for hours. Aw, thank you. <laughs> I love you, sister. Love you much. Okay. Thank you for being here. It is an honor to share with each and every one of you authentically. If you would like to receive in a deeper way, visit our website at authenticallymeradio.com or bookserenarose.com. Remember, you are exactly where you are supposed to be doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing and you are loved.